Inside ADHD is ADHD Family's official podcast that provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD, so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. For more information, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca. Welcome to Inside ADHD. My name is Krista Foran and I'm a registered psychologist at the Can Learn Society in Calgary, Alberta. I'm a team member of the ADHDfamilies.ca team and I'm happy to present uh, in these coming weeks um, some audio versions of blogs that have been written by another ADHD families team member, uh, a medical student, Amanda Marchak, who is uh, studying at the University of Calgary and has been able to spend some time working with us uh, writing up some blogs on topics that parents have uh, told us are important uh, for them and they wanted to learn more about. So last week's blog podcast was about ADHD and marijuana and if you haven't checked that one out you can check it out. It's up on iTunes and on the ADHD Families website. Uh, this week's blog in audio form is titled Too Much of a Good Thing, Video Game Addiction and ADHD. Video games have always been promoted as amazing sources of entertainment, but not much is said about the impact they have on a gamer's health. Back in 1980, when the big jumbo-sized arcade games first came out, some gamers developed Pac-Man's Elbow, a tendinitis caused by spending too much time manipulating the gaming joystick. Today, this trend has continued and we have Nintendo-nitis or Nintendo-thumb along with the notion that video games can have a negative impact on a player's health. However, while these consequences are attributed to excessive video game playing, not all of them are physical. Today, there is the notion of video game addiction, and the thought that regulating game time is not as easy as one might hope. So what is video game addiction, and what does this have to do with ADHD? To start off, let's consider what an addiction is and how an addiction develops. Addiction is a physical or psychological need for and the use of a habit-forming substance. For example, heroin, cocaine, alcohol, or behavior, for example, gambling or video games. Eventually, this need takes over a person's life and what was once pleasurable soon becomes compulsive interfering with responsibilities and activities of daily life. Typically, the following occurs. 1. The substance or behavior is important, 
and it occupies a huge chunk of your thoughts. It's nearly impossible to get it off your mind. Two, the substance or behavior is used to change your mood. It is an escape, making you happy when you were previously sad, or helping you to forget the worries and problems of life. Three, tolerance develops. So you need to consume larger amounts of the substance or participate in the behavior longer to achieve the same effect as before, happiness and distraction, etc. Four, withdrawal occurs and you start to feel anxious, agitated, irritated, or depressed if unable to continue with the substance use or the behavior. Five, you begin to have problems with relationships, jobs, and other aspects of life. Six, realizing something needs to change, you try to quit, but every time you stop, you relapse and end up returning to the substance or behavior. Some people might argue that addiction only makes sense in the context of substances, specifically alcohol and drugs. After all, they are well studied and we are well aware of them. But gambling is a behavioral addiction and we are all, aware, all well aware of it as well. The only reason that we are less familiar with the concept of video game addiction is that it was only mentioned for the first time in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders 5th edition, or the DSM-5, which is pretty much the handbook on diagnosing psychiatric conditions, in 2013. Now, even if prior to 2013, video game addiction, which is a subtype of internet gaming disorder, was not recognized by the American Psychiatric Association and listed in the DSM, this did not mean that researchers weren't concerned about the impact that video games were having on the brain. In fact, studies have been looking into the impact of video games for decades. The only challenge is that prior to 2013, we didn't have a unifying set of criteria to define the condition. This meant that most studies used their own criteria to define problematic and pathologic gaming. Coincidentally, the majority used a variation of the criteria used to define pathological gambling, a behavioral addiction which closely mirrors what was published in the DSM. So while not perfect, the studies and their data are a good starting point, and here's what they've found. First, some studies took images of the brain while people were playing video games. It was found that internet gaming disorder or video game addiction shared certain similarities with other addictions, including substance dependence. Specifically, playing video games was associated with a release of dopamine in the reward pathways of the brain comparable to substances that release dopamine. Having identified this, other studies went on to look at what risk factors were associated with video game addiction. Primarily, researchers found that young males are at a higher risk of developing video game addiction than any other population. After this, the risk factors are based on structural characteristics of the game and the mindset of the gamer. Video games are designed to draw the gamer in and entice them to keep playing regardless of how much time they have already been playing. This is achieved through a combination of rapid-fire stimuli requiring an equally rapid response paired with immediate rewards. Although these rewards don't come at a set interval, a tactic designed specifically to keep gamers gaming, the gamer knows that they are coming and could be just seconds away. 
then when they do come, success. And these are all only the random surprise rewards. This has nothing on the sense of accomplishment, the high that comes with completing another level or winning another title. With regards to gamers, one of the bigger risk factors is a desire for escape. Say a gamer is fighting with depression, social isolation, self-esteem problems, or emotional distress. All also risk factors for developing video game addiction. In the gaming world, all of this is forgotten and in essence disappears. However, when controlling for age and sex, the most significant risk factor identified with developing video game addiction is inattentive and or impulsivity symptoms, specifically a diagnosis of ADHD. As it turns out, ADHD has been found to be highly comorbid among people with internet gaming addiction or video game disorder. In the general population, ADHD occurs at a rate of about 5%. In people with video gaming addiction or internet gaming disorder, it is found to occur at roughly 30%. And the severity of inattentive and impulsivity symptoms has been found to correlate with the severity of the gaming addiction. The more severe a person's ADHD symptoms, the more severe the addiction. Currently, there are two theories that try to explain the relationship between ADHD and video gaming addiction. First, it has been suggested that people with ADHD are more susceptible to video games because of their design. People with ADHD are known to have issues with attention and impulsivity, along with completing tasks that don't provide immediate feedback or rewards. In daily life, this causes challenges. On the other hand, video games which require a rapid response to stimuli and provide immediate feedback and rewards turn these same issues into advantages. In fact, a, s a few studies have featured parent reports stating that their child appeared to have better attention and more success when playing video games compared to their performance and completions of other tasks in life. If this is true, why wouldn't children with ADHD want to spend all their time playing video games? After all, all people want to be successful. Second, it's been suggested that people with ADHD are using video games as a form of self-medication. Research has indicated that a deficiency of dopamine in the brain is associated with hyperactivity, impulsivity, and inattention, the main features of ADHD. Consequently, it has been suggested that people with ADHD try to find ways to stimulate dopamine release in the brain to make up for that deficit. This includes participating in risky behaviors, such as driving recklessly or using substances, that release dopamine in the brain. As mentioned before, playing video games releases dopamine in the brain. Additionally, one small study looked at children with ADHD who had never been on medication and also had an issue with problematic gaming. As the study reported, after the children were treated with either methylphenidate or atomoxetine for eight weeks, both ADHD symptoms and problematic gaming decreased. Taken together, these findings have led researchers to suggest 
that the high comorbidity between ADHD and video gaming addiction is because people with ADHD are self-medicating with video games in order to stimulate dopamine release in the brain. Now, while the medical literature discussed in this blog is only preliminary and further research is required, there is enough data to have raised some concerns in the medical community. Before signing off, here are a few recommendations about video games and video gaming addiction. 1. Create limits on the amount of time spent video gaming. While this can be determined on a family basis, a starting point can be to follow the Canadian Pediatric Society's guidelines for screen time, TV, computers, video games, tablets, etc. Screen time for children under 2 years old is not recommended. For children 2 to 5, limit screen time to under 1 hour per day. Ensure that sedentary screen time is not a routine part of childcare for children younger than five years old. Maintain daily screen-free times, especially for family meals and book sharing. Avoid screens for at least one hour before bedtime, given the potential for melatonin-suppressing effects. Two, encourage balance. While video games can be fun, they are not the only They are not the only engaging, entertaining part of childhood. Encourage a balance between video games and healthy alternatives such as reading, outdoor play, and creative hands-on fun. If possible, make these alternatives family events. 3. Use a timer. If you are encountering difficulties with getting your child to stop playing video games, you're always the bad guy when when you tell them time's up, then use a timer. This way, they know how much time they get to play for when the timer is set. They can see how much time they have left to play. And when time's up, it's the timer's fault, not yours. 4. Don't pull the plug. Forcibly preventing addicted gamers from playing can result in violent or destructive behavior. If you have concerns that you or someone you care about are starting to experience problematic gaming, bring it up with your healthcare team. Together, you'll be able to develop a safe way of dealing with the problem. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for today's podcast, which is a blog entitled Too Much of a Good Thing, Video Game Addiction and ADHD, written by Amanda Marchuk, uh, um, ADHD family team member. And if you want to read this blog, you can visit ADHDfamilies.ca. And I hope you can join us next week for our next blog topic. Thanks, and we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. If you have benefited from the Inside ADHD podcast, please help spread the word to others by posting a review in iTunes. If you have a specific ADHD topic that you would like to hear about on our podcast, please send your suggestions to ADHDfamilies at canlearnsociety.ca.